Well, good morning, church. It is so good to be with you this morning. My name is Chandra Stiles. I work here as the youth and young adults pastor. And this is the first time I've been back in this setting since our restrictions have changed. Um, and I do feel just a sense of uh, emotion as I get to see so many faces uh, that I haven't seen in a long time. I'm thankful that there's different ways and like levels of, of comfort that we can engage in and be back together in. And I'm very thankful to be having a coffee at my seat with me in the service this morning. Some of you may identify with that. Maybe others that was less of a need, but it feels nice to bring our coffee into our church setting together again. Um, I, I'm usually at Camp Kadish at this point in the summer, but because of the, the unique situation that we're in, our camping season doesn't start until next Sunday. So I will move up there on Tuesday night, and we will begin four weeks of overnight camps for campers, and I'm very excited to get to go back to that community very soon. Today we're going to talk about a story that Jesus tells in our Kingdom Parables series. And this is a parable often called the parable of the sower or the soils. And for many of you, maybe this is a story that you've heard many times in your life. For others, this may be new. But I'd urge all of you, as we read it together this morning, to listen with new ears and to have a newness and openness to your heart. I want to start with a question. My question is a reflection question for you to just ponder for a moment. When have you had a change of heart that actually shifted the course of something in your life? When has there been a moment where you realize that the way you felt about something or thought about something was actually kind of dictating where you were going and the change of that internal dialogue actually moved you to, to doing something different or new. Maybe it was taking a job that you originally thought you weren't going to take, or entering or exiting a relationship or a friendship. Maybe it was a living situation or a move. Maybe it was just getting out of a commitment or going into a commitment that you didn't think you'd be a part of. Maybe it was a change of heart in an interpersonal relationship that reframed how your relationship moved forward together, or even an attitude change that just shifted the way you proceeded in something that you regularly do. A change in our hearts can affect the course of our actions in significant ways. It can be a rudder that steers the ships of our life. It can steer us into clear sailing or dark waters if we're not attentive to it. And today's story is about how the posture of our heart changes our receptivity to the kingdom of God. As we've kind of heard over these last few weeks in this series, Jesus tells these types of stories, these parables, to help change and reframe people's mind about who God is and what his kingdom is. Not just the people who didn't know God, not just the people who were being introduced to God for the first time, but actually many of the listeners of these stories were people who already did know God already did follow him. They were religious leaders called Pharisees. Um, they, were, they were people who taught about God or people who followed those who did. And so he told these stories to help them see a new way, a way that he was inviting them into so that they would ask questions, that they would ponder, that they would see themselves in the story. It was a way for him to, to convince them, beg them to see more than was once revealed. He wanted them to move from the rigidity of a revelation of the knowledge of God that they had had once before and held on to and move towards a new revelation and a new kingdom way 
the kingdom way being the way of Jesus. And so he tells this story from Matthew 13, 3 to 9, and 18 to 23. It says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later on, Jesus explains these words. He says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. And the seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, that doesn't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's words and produce a harvest of 30 60 or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. If parables are meant to be a mystery that invokes deeper thought and introspection and a, a mirror that helps reflect something of ourselves back to ourselves, then there's a few like, factors that we can ponder in this story. First, who is the sower in this story? Are we meant to see the sower as Jesus or are we meant to see the sower as ourselves, people who are participating in sowing seeds of the kingdom, someone else in our community, or the church as a whole? What is the seed? The seed seems a little bit more clear in this, in this story. The seed is the kingdom of God, the way of life according to the model and invitation of Jesus, true life, resurrection life, life that comes when we encounter Jesus, start a relationship with him, and allow his Holy Spirit to reframe and reform our inside so that the actions that we produce on the outside are in line with who he is. Why did Jesus use planting a seed or farming in this story? Why couldn't he have used another method? Well, the people of this region would have really understood this example. They would have understood the terrains that were referred to. They would have had things to discuss. For example, why would the sower keep sowing seeds on, on soil that he knows seeds won't grow on? Or when is he sowing the seed? Is it happening at the regular time? Or is this a second crop and a second harvest that a risk is being taken on? Last was the described harvest of 30, 60, and 100 times average. Or was it extra? Or was it abundant? Different people say different things. Different commentators, commentarians. What's the right word? Commentators? We'll go with that. Um, different commentators say different things. They say maybe for a good soil and good harvest, then, that, then 30, 60, 100, that would have been average. That would have been normal for good soil. Others say that would have been a little bit more. But some say if this was a second harvest, a second planting that was at an abnormal time of the planting year, 
than for that risk being taken that this was a super abundant harvest retrieved from this planting. There may be more that we can ponder, but these investigations into the meeting, into this meaning are exactly what Jesus wanted for us to stop and think, ponder, question, and let the Spirit meet us and lead us in that. As I read this parable for us as a church in this moment, as we come out of this COVID season with with differing feelings and perspectives, as we observe the cultural moments that our society has been processing, and as we as a congregation process the resignation of a leader who has been dearly loved for a long time, I felt led to see, uh, to, to look at this parable and to see the sower as Jesus, the seed is his kingdom, and the soils representing us and our hearts, us as Forest Grove Community Church Attridge, individuals and collective. As I reflected on this parable uh, in doing this and seeing in these ways, there was four things that stood out to me. The first was that Jesus as the sower just keeps sowing. He just keeps throwing out his seeds of the kingdom. In his grace and in his longing to see his kingdom come, he doesn't give up on the different types of terrain that are before him. He throws out seeds on hearts that may be hard, or on soil that may, be, uh, that may be hostile, just longing to see one of those seeds find a place in good soil that grows up in strength and produces a harvest for the kingdom. Time and time again, he offers us invitations and gives us the choice to respond and never disqualifies when we don't. But instead, he just keeps sowing. The second thing I observed is that we need to take time to assess the state of the soil of our heart. We'll talk a little bit more about what each of these soils look like in just a moment. But in all of this, we recognize the kingdom of God is birthed from the posture of our heart that leads to actions on the outside. And so we have to ask God, what kind of heart am I receiving this seed with? We also need to take time to assess the environmental factors around us that are affecting our growth. There can often be things that are external to us that may be affecting the soil of our heart. And though we can't just blame them and completely relieve ourselves of, um, of the responsibility of assessing them, we must be aware of them and then know how to navigate around them. And then last, we are all, as kingdom people, invited into a hundred times impact for the kingdom of God. God invites us into the coming of his kingdom within us and then says we have fruit to bear. Our role is to tend to the soil of our hearts so that God will do the work, so that the kingdom of Jesus will grow. So let's walk through this passage and look at the description of the soils and its parallel. Now, as these come up on the screen, they're also partnered with an image. Um, a local artist named Robin Olson, several years ago, painted four pictures for Westgate Alliance Church that reflect this parable. And so earlier this week, I had a chance to go over there and take photos of these pictures. Um, and I wanted to use them as a visual for those of you who maybe connect more with a visual than words. Um, also because they're beautiful and it was a great chance to go and visit a church in our city. Um, so let's look at the first heart posture, Matthew 13, 4 and 19. It says, as he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that has, that has been planted in their hearts. 
This represents the hard heart. Hearts that were hardened against Jesus' message. Hearts that prevent a seed from taking any root or growing or bringing any new life into an environment. Because the seed just lays on the top of, of the heart that's impenetrable, then the evil one can just snatch it away. Meaning that evil is not being overcome with good, but instead that the ways that are against God's ways remain. Now, it's easy to see the hard heart as someone who's never started a relationship with Jesus or someone who never wants to, someone who's totally shut off to anything that has to do with the kingdom of God. But I think that it would be remiss if we didn't realize that sometimes we can embody these hard hearts, that there are times where we can be open to one part of the kingdom and close to the next, and that that this isn't just a reference to the, the first time that a seed is planted, but that over and over again, that as Jesus plants seeds of the kingdom in our hearts, that we have to assess if our hearts are hard or closed off to the kingdom invitations that Jesus gives us. We need to ask questions like, what makes our hearts hard? How do we know if our hearts are hard? What on the outside shows that something on the inside is is closed off? What are the things around us that influence us and affect us to have hard hearts? And how can we soften them? Who will we allow to walk with us as we posture ourselves in openness to Jesus. The next heart that we will look, to, look at is the shallow heart. The heart where the seed fell on the ground and sprouted quickly, but soon that seed, the plants withered in the hot sun because they didn't have deep roots. And it represents someone who receives the message of the kingdom with joy, but since they didn't have deep roots, that doesn't last long. And as soon as problems or persecutions come, then they wither. The shallow heart is a heart that is sufficient for a little bit of growth, for a sprout, but the lack of roots to grow and anchor it causes it to not be strong enough. Because life is in the seed, not the soil. The nutrients are in the soil. The seed will grow if there's a chance, but it needs to be supported by the nutrients of the heart. At first, the seed of the kingdom feels like a good idea. Maybe it's a time where all of a sudden something happens where it feels like, oh, this is something that Jesus would want me to do. So we respond in haste or quickly or with excitement. But then all of a sudden, because we don't take the time to let those roots grow deep into our heart, the the seed's stability withers. For some of you, maybe you identify with this type of heart more. Uh, Maybe it's because of your personality, someone who loves to go fast or start now or just do something. Or maybe it's someone who, maybe you're someone who just gets excited or wants to, you know, ride momentum or you feel urgency in responding to the kingdom. And those are good things. But sometimes when they're not partnered with the, the time and the prayer and the posture of just needing a seed to grow roots, then it can mean a quick solution will not last. So we need to ask ourselves, what speed of growth are we wanting to see in ourselves and those around us and our church? How do we know if we're in step with God's timing or going before him? What things around us affect us to move too fast in a way where our roots don't grow? And how can we work to be more in step with the timing of God? The next posture of our heart we look at is the thorny heart. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. 
so no fruit is produced. The thorny heart is a heart that wants to grow, but is crowded by environmental things around it to its detriment. It's like there's a competition for what it needs. There's this kingdom invitation that it's being invited to and it wants, but yet there are these, these other things that are not in line with Jesus' kingdom that compete for its priorities. There's such potential, but the seed lean is choked out. The worries or the lure of wealth, or as other translations put it, the deceitfulness of wealth, become focal to the, the, the person who's receiving this, this kingdom invitation. And all of a sudden, the ways of Jesus' kingdom, which may be countercultural to um, the other parts of their, their worries or their vision, um, they begin to clash. And they begin to focus their eyes on something that is not in line with Jesus. Now, these things, worries and, and um, things that we hold in our hearts when it comes to, like, financial stability or, or career stability, these are real things. They're, they're real things that we hold and that we're allowed to hold. And Jesus invites us not to worry, but it's impossible for us to not sometimes be concerned when there's a significant difficulty in our lives. And so we need to ask ourselves, how do we know when our hearts are moving from the place of worries that are held with Jesus to worries that will actually choke out his kingdom? How can we evaluate when our eyes are being focused on our areas of concern instead of holding those areas up to Jesus and, and asking him to be in it with us and to move us forward? When do our fears and anxieties and problems, which are very real and very difficult, actually become the voice that we listen to instead of trusting that still small voice of God could actually be louder? And when do we need our community to help hold our burdens and keep our eyes on the kingdom so that the worries don't choke out the kingdom's work in our life and that we can grow in the kingdom together? The last heart, the heart that heart posture that I think we all want to believe that we have and we hold um, is the soft heart or the receptive heart. It says, still other seeds fell on fertile soil and, they pr- soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who are to truly hear and understand God's word produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. This is the heart that hears the word of God through scripture and through the life of Jesus listens and understands and allows it to change them and be lived out through them. There's an understanding and a transformation. This is a follower of Jesus who moves into the space of allowing the kingdom to help them bear fruit for the kingdom, outward symbols of the Holy Spirit's work inside of us. These are hearts that are soft and open and always receptive to moving forward, willing to receive the new seeds that Jesus is always sowing and the new crops that he's inviting us to. The harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 is signs of the outworking of the life of the seed. It's kingdom impact. It's the Holy Spirit at work changing us on the inside so that our actions on the outside can build the kingdom of Jesus. And the fruit or harvest produced outside is the outward evidence of the reality of the inward receptivity to Jesus. Over the last couple of years, you may have heard this phrase used in our congregation, a hundred times impact. 
This is something that if you've been around here that maybe you've heard Bruce say or pray or other leaders mention. And if you haven't, I want to share a bit with you what this has meant to us as Attridge over the last little while. In 2018, here in this building, there was a Mennonite, Bre- Bre- Mennonite Brethren Conference called The Gathering. And it was hosted for pastors um, as well as, as some uh, lay people. And there was powerful times of, of worship and reading of scripture, of repentance, of reconciliation, um, just times for leaders to be in the presence of God. And Bruce led through several parts of that conference. But there was one point during uh, some songs of worship where a man from the organization Multiply, our mission organization in the MB conference, came over to him. And in a simple but very emotional utterance, he just prayed over Bruce that he and our church would have a hundred times impact. That he was seeing God pour out on us what we needed to have a hundred times impact for the kingdom of God. He later told Bruce that he was surprised at that emotion. He didn't know where it came from. It wasn't normal for him. But that simple word needed to be spoken. For months, Bruce kind of kept this close to his heart. He journaled about it and he prayed about it. He tested it with people who were close to him, the lead team and some staff and council. And eventually, in January of 2019, he shared this vision with our congregation. First in an email and then continually in times of prayer and preaching, he invited us as a church to to think about our invitation to 100 times impact. In his leadership, he was able to create partnerships with different ministries and organizations globally and locally to participate in our 100 times impact. He was able to lead our congregation to, to places where we could participate in things that God was already doing in the kingdom. And this vision has guided much of the decisions that Bruce and our leadership have prayed into, discerned, and led. But this isn't just a vision for us as leaders, it's a vision for us as the church. It's a vision for each of us individually to ask, what is the hundred times impact that we are being invited into as followers of Jesus? Um, In one of Bruce's emails, he wrote, vision is knowing who you are and where you are going and what will guide your journey. If we know that our vision is a hundred times impact for the kingdom of God, then maybe as the Holy Spirit guides each of us individually in our unique gifts and personalities and spheres of influence, then we know where we are going and those around us will help us discern what guides our journey into living that out. And so my question for you is, what is your role in the 100 times impact of the kingdom of God? What is the vision that Jesus is giving you in this season? It doesn't have to be a hundred times impact for you alone, but instead as we each step out in obedience alongside one another, then the impact of who we are as a congregation grows and grows. When we're all attentive to the unique invitations and gifts and abilities, then we can respond to the building of the kingdom in many ways. Our greatest joys or gifts can meet the greatest needs around us. For some of you, that may be helping families who are new to Canada as they adjust to life here. Maybe walking alongside people who need support in addictions or coming out of life of crime. Maybe it's financial gifts and blessings that you're able to give or helping a new mom learn how to be a mom for the first time. Maybe you'll meet in intercession prayer groups. You will help 
teach the Bible in your home or in different settings. Maybe you'll mentor one-on-one. Or you'll open your home to those uh, in need of community. Maybe you'll walk with someone as they process their sexuality and their faith. Or you'll advocate for marginalized in our city. Maybe you'll take a personal step in moving forward in racial reconciliation and equality. Or just have conversations in the places that you are about the hard stuff, about living out the life of the kingdom. I don't know what it is for you. But I I know for me, I have felt an invitation into building a bridge between those first meeting Jesus and the church. Um, Especially through camp ministry. Our, Our family has oriented our life around being able to be at camp with kids who are meeting Jesus for the first time. And helping them come into a community that will disciple them for a lifetime. I also feel that, that call to build young leaders, to help young leaders find their calling in building the kingdom. I don't know what your call is. And I know that all of our calls won't be the same thing. In this parable, the type of seed and the type of fruit is never specified. We don't actually know what comes of it. And I think it's different for each of us. But when our hearts are soft and we're willing to listen and step out in obedience then as we do that alongside each other, our perspective of the kingdom grows and more and more people see a wholer uh, picture of the character of God. The church, Forest Grove, the institution, can only do so many things. We can only run so many programs and ministries and have so many structures, but the church, meaning all of you, well, your reach can go much farther and you can do much more as you ask Jesus, what is my role in this vision? So this vision is for us, and though we are facing shifts and changes, and it may feel like it was an invitation in the past, I really believe it's an invitation for right now, for us to ask, what is the new seed of the kingdom that Jesus wants us to receive, and what is the new fruit, the new harvest that he wants us to bear? The fruit produced outside is the outward evidence of the reality of the inward life of the kingdom. We need to be in a place of being open to ask and receive the new vision. To have community come alongside us as we do that, to be people who uplift one another as we walk forward in obedience, and to be those who receive the uplifting and encouraging encouragement and the, um, the courage that's given to, to each other from our community. We need to be people who call each other forward in these new kingdom seeds and continue to play our small part in this collective 100 times vision. The end of this, of Jesus' parable says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. I pray that our ears would be open as we hear and our hearts open to understand. In closing, I just want to offer you four questions to to ponder uh, individually and collectively as we move uh, towards worship once again. What do you need to do to believe that Jesus is the sower who just keeps sowing seeds in your life and the lives around you? What do you need to remind yourself of what the second chances that God's constantly giving us? How can you take time to assess the soil of your heart right now? What may you need to do to help your soil be the fertile ground in which a seed will yield a harvest? What are the environmental factors affecting the soil of your heart or your growth? What may you need to do to adjust your responses to them? And how is the Spirit stirring you to see yourself as a part of the vision for a hundred times kingdom impact. Jesus, 
We thank you that you are the sower who just keeps sowing seeds of the kingdom in our life. And as we face this time of, of transition as a church um, and also just as a society of whole, Lord, I pray that we would anchor our eyes and our hearts on you and your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would just so gently speak to us about the parts of our heart that may be um, just hostile to the, the seeds that you are wanting to sow and that you would help us with our community around us soften our hearts to the new invitations that you must, may be leading us towards. God, I pray you'd open our eyes to new needs, that you'd open our ears to new callings, our hearts to new love and empathy for those around us, and in so doing that we would be open to receive a new call for how to build the kingdom. God, I pray in this time that you would protect us from hard hearts. God, as it's so easy to be, to be stuck and hold on to what we once knew, we'd open our hands and hearts to be um, receiving the direction that you are leading us in. I pray we can be communities that speak this new, these new seeds over one another, that we can call gifts and abilities out of one another, that we can help each other see the opportunities we have to serve and to be a part of the 100-time kingdom impact. And we can celebrate together when we see you at work, Lord. And in all of this, Lord, we just continue to pray your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. May it be so, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen.